resigned myself to a resolute smile and repeated thanks. At last the stream of people begins to dwindle. John Barrow, the local Conservative Association agent, has been hanging back and finally approaches. Barrow put Harry's by-election victory down to short-term publicity he gained by organising a concert in aid of Romanian orphans and was unsurprised when he was voted out in the 1992 general election, which came just five months later. Barrow says... I feel you should know. Uh, We've got a shortlist for a new candidate. Of course. You've got some promising people lined up? Katie pulls at my hand. She wants to go. And Josh has also reached the limits of his endurance. Margaret, Harry's secretary, catches my signal and scoops them up on cue. Barrow begins to move away, then pauses. You might want to know. I'd like it to be Crawley. Crawley? I am momentarily confused. Crawley is Jack. Barrow confirms it. Jack has put himself up for Harry's candidature, and with Barrow's support he will almost certainly get it. I really don't mind not having been told. Now that Harry's dead, I have no interest in the candidature. Someone else is waiting to speak to me, a young man who announces himself as Tim Schwartz, director of the Romanian charity that Harry's concert raised all the money for. Mrs. Richmond, I'm sorry to bother you, but did you get my letter? I've only just got back from America. I haven't had a chance to look at anything yet. I'm coming your way on Sunday. Could I drop by? Sunday's rather difficult, I'm afraid. It's the concert accounts. We can't get moving on anything until they're sorted out. I've tried your husband's solicitor, Leonard Braithwaite, and Gillespie at your accountants. Would Monday be better? But if they can't help you, you're the only person who might be able to. I wearily agree to meet him at noon on Monday. Anne's husband, Charles, takes me by the elbow and leads me towards a chauffeur-driven car, which Jack has laid on for the day. A man is waiting to intercept us. Richard Morland. I knew Harry from the Falklands. If there's anything at all I can do, perhaps I could come by one day. Well, I... When you've a moment, I'll phone, of course, if if I may. Trapped, I gesture agreement. How many people have said that they'll be coming to see me? Thirty? Forty? The heat closes in around me. The sun is very bright. Perhaps I look unsteady because the next moment Morland takes my arm and asks if I'm all right. He opens the car door and I sink into the seat. I close my eyes for a second. When I reopen them, Morland is crouching in the still open door. All right? I'm very tired. I'll call you tomorrow, then. By the way, does your boy like fishing? I thought I might go out sometime. Morland smiles and closes the car door. As he walks away, he stops to talk to Leonard Braithwaite, my solicitor. They shake hands as they part. Anne settles into the front seat. I withdraw and think of the children. We've come so far. We've survived so much. As I keep reminding myself, all we have to do now is hold on. Drop me by the gates, says Katie, as her school comes into sight. I do not approve of this place. Harry argued for Josh to board from the age of seven, but I got so upset that he relented and agreed to day school. With Katie, there was never any question of her going away, until she made up her mind that that was what she wanted to do. 
I see the same stubbornness in her expression now. I could drop you here and, and take your stuff up to the house. No. I leave it a moment. Do you want to talk about it? This was the favorite prompt of the therapist we saw in California, a man with the unpromising name of Bob Block. Suddenly we're through the storm. She grimaces and rocks her head. Sorry, Mum. I give her a quick kiss, which is just about permissible under the rules. No hugs, no farewell scenes allowed. To keep my mind off Katie, to suppress the heat behind my eyes, I drive back to Pennygate unusually fast. It stands at the end of a mile-long drive which passes through the Pennygate estate. Most of the estate was sold in the sixties, and now only the drive and the fifteen acres immediately around the house remain. The track has a poor surface and has to be taken slowly, but it gives me time to notice the seasons.